the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, it's uh, Election Day. A lot happening. In a few moments, we'll get an update from my friend Stan Casasio in Pennsylvania. See what Stan has to say, what's happening here. He's up in Montgomery County, one of the key counties in the country because of how uh, swingy they can be. It can be, and if it goes uh, one way or the other, it can uh, be basically the difference in Pennsylvania. So we'll talk with him. We'll also talk with Andrew Krapuschetz to practice his name. He's the founder of Red Balloon, an, an entity that helps you find jobs in places that aren't politically correct so that you can be comfortable with being who you are. A very interesting man. We'll talk with him. But first, what you need to know today, what you need to know, is it's Election Day. It's Election Day. And uh, on Election Day, there's a lot to look at. And I've been on a um, I've been on all night with a group uh, of key people. Uh, I won't tell you who, but you could probably imagine if you listen to the show closely, some of whom they are, some of who they are. And it's been a steady stream of problems with elections. Now, let me say clearly, when you run this many elections, meaning this many election authorities, there's always going to be something. The problem is it starts to look systemic when you're looking at it with a with a real close eye. But turnout is big. Uh, clearly, Republicans are winning, uh, as I predicted. It is a red tsunami. Uh, but the irregularities are what you have to worry about. But let me before you what you need to know is the media is not going to stop adjusting whatever they said in the past to make it sound to their advantage. Here's a headline from Politico. OK, this is a political news Politico news story. Biden, Trump, Biden, comma, Trump rally on safe turf on election eve. The president went to Maryland. The ex-president hit Ohio and the country's on the verge of a major political shift. Do you see how deceptive that is? Biden and Trump didn't rally on safe turf. Biden did. He went to Maryland about five miles from his home in a in a rate. Nobody thinks there's a race in Maryland. But Trump went to Ohio which is not considered safe turf. It probably leans red, but it's hardly safe turf. He went there for uh, uh, J.D. Vance, who's in a a battle to try to hold that Senate seat with uh, Tim Ryan, who's had lots and lots of money dumped in the Democrat and who's basically reinvented himself as a sort of friendly to Trump Democrat. So it's a lie. You see, it's just a lie. Here's my point. We are going to see massive, massive uh, efforts by the media to spin things in their favor. Here's another one from Politico. I did this. I said this yesterday, but I'll highlight it again. In 2020, Republicans won 26 of 27 seats rated as toss up. There are about 30 seats that are rated toss up this time. And the point here is that my point, my point is 2020. They make it sound like it was a big Democrat win. It wasn't. It was actually the other way in lots of ways. But we're going to see unprecedented spin. And here's the best news. One, I think the country is sick of the Biden direction, right? What he's doing to the country. But two, all sides have been talking about election integrity now and making the elections more safe and making them more secure. 
because the truth is not many Republicans really got after the issue of election integrity. I mean, elected officials and leaders, because if you're in office and you're a Republican, you think your election was pretty good or you're cheating yourself. I mean, it's possible. I'm not someone who thinks that somehow Republicans are all holy and Democrats are cheaters. I think they're all human and therefore there's a likelihood that some Republicans cheat, too. But what I've seen is the system, the system over the years. And Congressman Troy Niels Nels of uh, Texas is the one whose book you can read on this over the years. It's been Democrats that have been the cheaters, largely the big cheaters. I mean, that's just the facts. If you listen, read his book and uh, and listen closely, you can see that. But the reality is we now have a country that is talking about the elections. Why is it? I had a friend from growing up who went to the polling place. He got all the way to the polling place, got in there, gave his ID card. And they said, oh, sorry, you already got it. You already pulled a provisional ballot. You already voted. He said, no, I didn't. I'm the first time here. Now, is it a mix up? Probably not. He doesn't have a name like Smith, you know, Tom Smith or or or, or Joe uh, Murphy. His name is pretty distinct. It's unlikely. And so you say that was in an in a all Democrat district. So who knows? But the point is, we're all talking about it, all talking about it now. And I believe in the run up to the 2024 election, all sides will be saying, how do we make it safe? How do we make it secure? And the elected officials who tend to like to they tend to want to use whatever the system is that they have. Why change it? They won. I think they'll be driven by fear to go ahead and make some changes. And my argument would be they should be dramatic. We should have an election day. Very few mail in. Very few uh, early voting. Very few. If, if only because we find out so much information in the last week of an election, because information moves so fast. It's not like the old days where the Sunday paper was the paper of record. You know, you every week you got the Sunday paper and it set the tone for the week. Now, there's somebody setting the tone for the minute. So I think that's going to be one of the changes. But what you need to know is it's a great day. Democracy. Joe Biden's so full of it. Democracy is not on the ballot, except if you mean it's always on the ballot and we're taking democracy. It is on the ballot. We're, we're all taking it. We're all doing it. It's great. It's great. It's American. And especially when you get a change of direction like we have. So uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with uh, our, my friend uh, Stan Casasio from up in uh, Pennsylvania. And also we'll visit with uh, Andrew Krapuschetz of Red Balloon. Uh, we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Time to check in in Pennsylvania. Stan Casasio, himself a leader up there, the Pennsylvania uh, Eagle Forum uh, there. Also, he's been a leader in the uh, conservative movement, uh, was a candidate years ago in the Republican Party. And so uh, he has his finger on the pulse. Stan, I got to tell you a quick story. I got a text from a, a, a buddy of mine from growing up. He's from New Jersey. He went into the polling place. He waited in line. He got to the front of the line. He said, hey, Uh, I'm here to vote. My name is so-and-so. Here's my ID. They said, oh, sir, you already voted provisionally. 
And he said, what are you talking about? And they said, you already took a provisional ballot. Um, and uh, so he said, well, it couldn't have been me. And so they called up and they basically they finally agreed with him that he hadn't come in. He had his photo ID. And so he, they said, well, we'll just clear that other vote out. And so as he said, what does that mean? Like where you can't find it. Where Where is it? And so here we go already. That's New Jersey, probably just uh, inter uh, familial Democrat on Democrat because he's in Hudson County. But what's your what's your feeling? Feeling on election day in Pennsylvania in terms of irregularities and concerns over fraud. Well, first off, uh, that was a complaint that I received from quite a few people in the last election, mm-hmm. where people that have always historically voted in person for, I mean, literally, some of these people have been doing it for 30, 40 years. Right. They go in and they said they voted provisionally, and they argued, and uh, they're allowed to make a provisional ballot, but when they tracked that provisional ballot, it was never counted. So we know that there is definitely, uh, look, there's fraud in elections. We want to have a perfect system, but the history of elections in the United States, all I have to do is mention Tammany Hall in New York, which was a Democratic-ran uh, party that corrupted corrupted votes for almost 200 years until uh, LaGuardia was elected as a Republican back in the 30s that cleaned a lot of it up. And then you had, of course, the Solid South for well over 200 years was run by the Democratic Party. And if you were anything else but Democrat, you couldn't even get close to a poll because they would lynch you. So let's face it, Democratic Party has a history of corrupt, pol- corrupt voting. And who can forget the 1960 election between Kennedy and Nixon when it came down to Illinois and Mayor Daley late in the day, uh, midnight hours, early morning, found a bunch of votes in his basement. Um, and uh, so th- th- this is something that is not unusual. Uh, the difference is this time our eyes are open uh, so that uh, most of the candidates are, 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 are lawyered up to fight all this stuff. I was at a, uh, a, the, um, a voting commission uh, meeting yesterday from Montgomery County. And even though the law in Pennsylvania and the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania, which is run by the Democrats, by the way, uh, indicated that votes not properly dated, cannot be counted, have to be held aside. So what did the Democrats do in Montgomery County? They voted that they will count them uh, because they want all votes to count. Uh, so this is, um, this is something that we have to uh, recognize uh, right now. But I believe that in uh, Pennsylvania, all Republican candidates, just about all the Republican candidates will win on election night. It is the three and four and five days after that we've got to watch. That is when the rigging will get in uh, and everybody's tuned into it. So the longer the count goes, the worse it is for Republicans, because that's when they're going to find all these votes in the basement and boxes and stuff like that. The keys to look for in Pennsylvania If Josh Shapiro for governor comes out of Philadelphia, as well as Fetterman, if they come out of Philadelphia with less than a 400,000 vote lead, they have lost. Hmm. They must have six to 700,000 to clear clear out of Philadelphia to win, Hmm. uh, because uh, pretty much the the dominant candidate in the rest of the state uh, is Doug Mastriano and Oz. Hmm. So that's, talking, that's the keys yeah, to look we're, for. We're, we're talking with Stan Casasio uh, up in Pennsylvania, head of the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles of Pennsylvania, as well as uh, uh, active uh, generally in uh, politics, conservative politics. Uh, down the stretch, uh, President Trump came through the state. Uh, the uh, the campaigns <laughs> it look it certainly looked like. 
Oz's campaign, Dr. Oz's campaign sort of picked up energy. It may just be that Fetterman's campaign sort of really stalled. Uh, but I didn't see as much coverage of, of Mastriano. Those are the two marquee races. Um, first, tell me what you think on those as you got to the finish line. And then what about the rest of this? Uh, there's a Senate and House races uh, in, the, in the state legislature. How's the rest of the state races looking? Well, let, let's talk about the House races. I believe that the uh, Senate and the House in Pennsylvania will go heavily Republican uh, this year, so that I think they will begin to p- they will pick up more seats uh, uh, and and be dominant. Uh, the question is, and, and you and I, Ed, both wrestle with this every day. Uh, we are common sense conservatives. We believe in doing more of what works historically and less of what doesn't work. And what the Democrats offer today has historically never worked. Uh, I love people to go check out those big housing projects that they used to, the Democrats used to build. They're all blown up because most of the policies are blown up. Uh, so I believe that we'll, we'll win, um, pick up seats in the House and Senate in Pennsylvania. What we do with that and how we work with uh, whoever is governor, which I hope is uh, uh, Doug Mastriano, uh, will, be, um, will be pivotal in, in Pennsylvania. Uh, the, the next thing as far as the Senate race is concerned, which is the big race, um, here, as well as the governor's race, uh, I think Oz pulls this out because, um, look, if you know anything about Fetterman's policy, he is not a Jack Kennedy Democrat. Right. Jack Kennedy <laughs> uh, was a Catholic pro-life president. He couldn't even get elected in the in, and he was a true American hero. Uh, Fetterman is the antithesis of, of uh, the anti-Kennedy candidate. So you Democrats out there who may possibly be listening to this great show and trying to learn something, just keep that in mind when you go pull that ticket for the Democratic Party. You are not voting for the Democratic Party you remember. And that's the key to look at. Um, so I think Oz is going to pull this out because realistically, he is an extremely intelligent guy. He has worked hard. He's son of immigrants. He is. Uh, he was tops in his medical profession. Uh, uh, Fetterman has been a loser his whole life. Even when he, I, I, when we were in Pittsburgh, we had the big Pittsburgh event. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, talking yeah. to a, a retired police officer there, who actually was a police officer in Braddock, and said he left it worse than it was to begin with. He said they were driving on ball tires. They had no tasers. They had nothing. So he, all he did was let people out, all criminals out of jail. So that was from a police officer, which forced him into retirement because how bad it was. Right, right. So, you know, come on, Democrats, wake up. And Republicans out there listening to this, you've got to get out and vote. This is so critical right now. We're so that's get, the Senate race. Yeah, yeah. So that's OK. Keep coming out. Come down. What, what about uh, what, what about the governor's race? I mean, the national media has been totally in the tank for Shapiro. And, and I know you've been frustrated by that, but you've also been on the ground seeing what's going on. What Tell me about Shapiro versus Mastriano. Well, first off, having known, well, I've known Shapiro since he's been about 18. I do believe he ran, started running for uh, president back in kindergarten. So, uh, you know, I just want to let everybody know, most people, when you ask them, do you like politicians? They say no. But what is Josh Shapiro? He is a hack politician. Uh, he does political stuff. He helps people and do things over the back door. But he has no heart or soul. He stands for nothing. Uh, if he did stand for something, he would have stood up against uh, Rachel Levin, the Secretary of Health, who is uh, who is supposed to believe in biology, but 
he, she doesn't. So that's an issue there. Uh, when, um, you know, thousands and thousands of people died in nursing home while he saved his mother. This is uh, late Rachel Levin saved his, her mother uh, from, um, uh, I get a little pronoun challenge with Rachel. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So he didn't do anything there. He's done nothing with Krasner. Crime is up 40%. He claims he's the, uh, uh, you know, he's the chief law enforcer in Pennsylvania, but he's done nothing but, uh, uh, he has done nothing to enforce law. So he's, he's a loser. Meanwhile, uh, my first meeting with Doug Mastriano was on the steps three years ago in Harrisburg, where he stood up there and demanded accountability and transparency on the lockdowns of businesses, of which 30% of these businesses have never will, has, have been closed forever because of positions that Josh Shapiro and Wolf did in Pennsylvania. It is the most it, 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 to me, it's unbelievable that people could even vote for Josh Shapiro with gas prices and all the policies that he has been he has stood up for. He's never spoken against any of these policies at all. And they're going to vote for this guy. It's unbelievable. It so, is. It is. Know, but um, it's, it's predictable and unbelievable. So, uh, I mean, it's unbelievable. I agree. It's unbelievable if you're thinking of it. If you're not thinking, it's um, it is what it is. Uh, what, if you had to lay a nickel down right now, if you had to bet a, a nickel on all these races, I, I heard you say Oz wins. Mastriano, if you had to bet, what do you think? Uh, Ma- Mastriano will win today uh, uh, because the uh, huge Republican turnout today and uh, it depends on what happens over the next three days as these counts come in. Hmm. Uh, you know, being out, and you were out in Pittsburgh, too, yeah. uh, with the event. And, you know, we saw like two to three Mastriano signs for every Josh Shapiro sign. Right. So clearly uh, the movement is being through to, uh, to Doug, which, by the way, this man has led Americans in battle uh, for America to protect us. He is, uh, you know, he's got umpteen master's degree and PhDs. He's a brilliant uh, strategist. Um, and, uh, you know, this whole thing with the press, they're scared to death of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the fact that we had no debate is despicable. That debate should have been held, should have been forced to be held. We, as people in Pennsylvania, uh, we got cheated with no debate to see both these people together and and claiming their views so that we could make informed decisions. As not, we're just getting getting inundated by ads. And by the way, people, seventy uh, percent of Josh Shapiro's seventy million dollars he has spent has come out from outside the state. So guess what? He's not going to be representing our interests. He's going to be representing everybody outside the state. So get real. That's that's that is a stunning that's a that's an example of a guy that's, you know, getting ready to run for, as you point out, something else. He's he's at least running for U.S. Senate when it opens or he's running for president, as you point out, or maybe maybe, you know, maybe he's going running for VP. He can say, hey, look at me. I've got a, a swing state. I think Pennsylvania is looking more like the definitive swing state. Georgia looks like it's no longer likely for the Democrats. I don't think uh, maybe Michigan could be. But uh, Iowa's no longer got no democrats got a chance so all right stan casasio we better leave it there stan casasio everybody we'll maybe get an update later on uh good luck out there stan and uh best wishes can i mention one more thing if if people in pennsylvania if people in pennsylvania are interested in joining uh the phyllis schlafly eagles pennsylvania please contact the headquarters down there uh it's phyllis schlafly.com i'll learn out how you can get involved with us because uh 
we are looking for common sense solutions, common sense conservative solutions at work. And if you're in that category, please join us as we uh, continue to fight for America like Phyllis Schlafly did. Hey, thank you, Stan. Great. Well done. Stan Casasio, everybody. And I'll put up in social media links to it, just as Stan just said. And uh, Pennsylvania, as it goes, I think actually Stan, Stan's been telling you, and I, I mentioned it in my open, that's a great way to think about it. Uh, on election night, we're going to have numbers. Depending on what state you're in, it could take three days, and that might be where things uh, change dramatically, which uh, will be reminiscent of, uh, of course, 2020, where uh, a lot of people went to bed and thought uh, looked like President Trump had, was reelected, and then about five or six places flipped things. So, all right, we'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. And our um, my conversation here, I've been thinking about this. Uh, we have had as a guest a couple of times uh, uh, on this on this program, uh, one of the guys who said, hey, what can we do about what's happening? And he started a company, Red Balloon. His name is Andrew Krapuschetz, and he's the founder and CEO over there. If you go to redballoon.work, redballoon.work, you'll find out more. And it's a place where you can get, post your resume, look for workers, and go to places that aren't toxic as we said we were talking about the air uh and so welcome back andrew but i want to go get into this this way we're going to go through the election i think there's going to be different leadership in lots of parts of the country including the federal u.s congress that'll be good but there's still a sort of um lingering and it's not even lingering a, a, a toxicity in the air in lots of ways you again you and i were talking off the air about how uh twitter there seems to be a lot of toxic you know toxic workplace there and elon musk trying to change it perhaps trying to see what he can do but all of us are living in a, in, in a world where you say the wrong thing in the wrong setting you pay a price and so people start to act on edge and w- the economy is not going to get better fast enough to make life perfect which means we're going to be unlikely sometimes to switch jobs because we're like hey i don't want to risk moving now i got to take care of things I-, I guess are you optimistic that um the world is broadly uh, work world is getting better or are you feeling hey you got to find the the sort of safe places yeah that's a good question ed and good morning and nice to talk to you yeah thank you um so so i think um it is amazing to me how the work culture in america and i think you you see this in politics as well and you know in the twitter sphere and all those places work culture has become very toxic um, because people aren't allowed to disagree at any level Um, and we know that it is healthy to disagree it's healthy to have different opinions that you can bring to the table and then debate something and and look at it from a couple different points of view. I know when I've built companies in the past and I've built some pretty big ones, um, the the healthiest culture was when people could say, you know, that's a terrible idea. And you read this in books like Good to Great or Built to Last or any of the great business books. They say, look, you need to have um, a healthy disagreement where you can, you know, almost yell at each other and say, look, I, I disagree with that opinion, but then go out and have a beer afterwards and still be friends um, and be able to have that really healthy discourse because that's actually how innovation happens in the workplace, in an American economy.
economy, and I even think in politics. And so as we're going into this season of I do think there's going to be some leadership change in politics, uh, I see what Elon Musk is is fighting as an uphill battle there at Twitter. When you have lots of protected classes of people you're just not allowed to say anything about or fire because you know they've got the right skin color or whatever, you simply can't innovate anymore because you're spending all your time watching your back, uh, making sure that the politics aren't going to catch up with you in the workplace. And so yeah. um, he's, he's got a lot of his work cut out for him. Uh, Andrew Krapyshets is our guest. He's the founder and CEO of Red Balloon uh, and redballoon.work is the website. Uh, you know, you and I had an exchange um, about um, uh, Rumble. So Rumble is sort of saying, hey, we want a free speech space. We're going to we're going to be different than YouTube and how we allow this to happen. And they find themselves not attacked by the Department of Justice. They find that the French government or in, in, in the case of Twitter, the EU jumps in and says, watch us tell you the rules. And even though I love uh, uh, um, uh, Elon Musk and I love the guys behind Rumble. Um, that pressure is real. I mean, and and, and yeah. so here, so you take this, you take this. Let's call the pressure. Let's call it the the weight of 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 the political correctness. The weight of it. The weight weighs on a corporation one way. It weighs on a small business owner uh, in another way. And say an independent guy, and it weighs on an employee in a different way. And and part of it feels like even if you want better, you sort of self censor. Yeah, no, absolutely. And this is um, conservatives were the largest ideological group in America, but we've been the least likely to say anything because we are going to self-censor. We're going to try to try and keep our head down. But what I've been seeing and I'm seeing this with corporations um, is even places like Twitter. Right. He says, look, we are going to um, get away from this toxic cancel culture that has been um, so prevalent in the Twitter uh, world. And lo and behold, a lot of corporate uh, sponsors and advertisers pull out of the platform. That being said, the last seven days on Twitter have been the most active in its history. So if you look at some of the stats on how many people are involved, that is going through the roof. Well, at some point, those corporations are capitalists and they're going to want all those eyeballs and they're going to jump back into the platform. And so, and I think that the lesson is, while it is scary when governments or your HR department or your coworkers are trying to pressure you into self-silencing or into silencing you themselves, if you could push through that, we're finding that corporations and individuals are doing very well. We pushed on something here at RedBalloon.Work where we encourage people to just come out conservative. Um, actually, in the month of June, we said, just come out conservative. It'll be fine. Um, and don't be shrill. Just live your values out loud. We thought that would be funny. And we reached hundreds of thousands of people with this message. And I had a lot of people write me back and say, you know, I did this and I like my blood pressure was up. I was nervous. But I'm like, hey, so I went to church on Sunday. Like nothing major or catastrophic. And they said, well, guess what? 80% of the people in my workforce actually agree with me. They're like, oh, that's great. I went to church too. Or honestly, I think this LGBTQ thing is ridiculous or whatever it was, right? And so when people actually kind of push through that initial awkwardness, they found that 80% of their workforce actually totally agreed with them. And there were just three liberals that were kind of running the whole show because the conservatives were just keeping their head down. And so I think whether it's Rumble, 
whether it's Twitter, whether it's um, any of you who are in a situation where you're struggling to find uh, a spot where you're like, man, should I even stand up? Um, you kind of have to do it. And when you're brave, you give courage to everybody else around you and you find out you're not alone. There's lots of people that are on the same page with you. So I hope that's going to uh, play out with Twitter and Rumble and all these folks who are um, fighting a good fight right now. And I think it'll play out well. Well, and, and uh, Andrew Krapichet's our guest. He's the CEO and founder, again, of Red Balloon, uh, redballoon.work. If you go to the website, it's the best. Uh, it's a really good tagline. It's like you want a tagline to explain things. Free speech, no mandate jobs posted daily. If you go to redballoon.work to the point, the point, the, the point, one point of this same thing you're saying is you go there and you look and I just did a search while we're talking, you know, where I live and there's jobs and there's lots of and the point is when you say to yourself, oh, man, there's nowhere to go. There's lots of place to go. There's lots of people that are interested. So that's a positive thing. Um, uh, Andrew, though, uh, pausing for a second, I asked you the last time I had you on. Are you seeing um, I mean, there, are you seeing the um, the uptake by by companies that looking for workers, meaning I know it's hard to find good workers. I know people will say, oh, I'm trying to find, you know, 25 year olds that want to work hard. It's not that easy. Right. I know that. But even something like Red Balloon um I bet you some corporations are antsy. I think some of them do uh, confidential, so they don't have to necessarily publicly uh, indicate it. But my point is, it's not like you're, you're fearless and your company's fearless, but not every company can be, even if they want that to be the environment. That's absolutely right. Um, and we do have anonymous balloon because of that very reason. And we have, uh, but I'll say 10% of the employers on our platform are on anonymous balloon, okay. which means over 2000 have said, no, I'm happy to have my logo. I'm happy to be aligned with that brand. Um, and honestly, I was talking to my good friend, Michael Seifert over at public square. And he was saying once he got past 10,000 businesses on public square, like it really didn't feel like a big deal anymore for corporations to be nervous, to align with a conservative brand because they realize, guess what? I'm not alone. There's lots and lots of people out there. So the more of us that self-censor and keep our head down, um, we are uh, keeping other people from joining a movement because we aren't standing up and being brave. So yes, the first several thousand people need to be brave, but at some point you realize, actually, we are the majority in America and we need to stop being afraid of those things. And while the left is very good at fussing and making a big stink about things, um, Michael was telling me stories of businesses that lost some customers because they went on to public square, but then actually gained way more customers and the better kind of customers, you know, the customers who don't whine and complain about everything. And I think corporations are finding the same thing on red balloon when they hire through red balloon, when they're unafraid about putting their brand connected with a conservative, then all of a sudden they're getting the best kind of employees. I had one employer say every person I hire off red balloon is cleansing to my culture because they're just hardworking conservatives who want to bring value to my company and they want our customers to do well, um, which is very, very encouraging. So, yes, it takes a little bit of courage and bravery. Maybe you lose some customers, but you might get the better customers that you should have had anyway. Uh, Redballoon.work. We're talking with Andrew Krapuschetz, the uh, owner and CEO, and I know some of his other team there. They all have his uh, sort of mindset, so it's a pretty cool uh, uh, outfit right now. Uh, Andrew, one thing I'll just tell you, and then because I, I want to ask you about, remember that video, the first follower, that guy that's crazy guy dancing in the, in the 
like a, a meadow. And the point you look is he's dancing crazy. And then someone gets up with him and then they're like, oh, yeah. there's two of them and then three. And then and then the whole place is dancing. And the point is, of course, that sort of whether it, whether it's dancing or courage, it's kind of contagious if you can. And so, you know, the early adopters can be really important in the, in this uh, in this context, too. Um, what do you think? Is there anything, Andrew, when you look at the field of uh, well, I have two questions. One, is it true that 25 year olds don't want to work hard? And I'm not kidding when I say that. I, I hear it from people. <laughs> I, have, I have a friend of mine. He told me my my his said my son graduated college. He's an accountant, got his CPA, but he doesn't understand that I when I was 25 or 26, you know, and we were in a, a small accounting firm. You know, you'd work till 10 o'clock at night and be back at six in the morning, and you might do that for seven days a week for weeks on end, especially time of year. He said uh, my son doesn't want to work that hard, and and he said I I, I don't know why. I'm not, I don't think he's spoiled. That's one. Uh, what is that really true? Do you find that even amongst conservatives that there's a different mindset? Yeah, I, I think there is a different mindset. I think you know this is going to sound dramatic, but we have a generation of people who've never been hungry, right? And if you've never been hungry, you don't have to find that second gear and be like, I need to work until I can feed my family or until right because they, they've just never been hungry um, in that way. And so, absolutely, we're running into that now. I will say, conservatives on average are going to want to work harder. They're more likely to have that Puritan mindset and that Puritan work ethic. Uh, but that still is a real issue. Um, and I think until um, you hit the hardship that's, you know, comes along with, hey, I really can't pay these bills and the government's not going to cover for me. Um, that's when you find another gear and you figure out, OK, I've got to figure this out right now. And I think we've had generations in the past that totally understood that they'd gone through that, whether it was the Great Depression or they remember the Great Depression. Um, but uh, we have a generation that's never been hungry. And I think until they actually have to fight through something, uh, it's going to be hard to get the level of work ethic or the level of just grind um, that previous generations have had. So unfortunately, it is the case. I will say if you go to Red Balloon and you hire a 25-year-old, it's likely they're going to be in better shape. Um, than your liberal 25 yeah, yeah. year old, but it's still, but it's <laughs> still, still a thing. <laughs> still a thing. All right. Andrew Krapyshets, uh, one more question. I'm sorry. I'm dragging you on here. I told you I'd go quicker, but I, I got too many questions and I know you're good at this. Redballoon.org, by the way, is the website again. Um, if you could wave your hand and it could be at the state level, state legislature in a state that you, you know well or, or nationally, are there laws? That would make it easier for, and I know in a way, you don't necessarily want to, maybe as a businessman, you don't want to create laws that do, uh, that help uh, uh, make workplace better for everybody because you're catering and serving businesses. But I, I know you're kind of a, a vision guy. And if, if, if tomorrow they made it so you could protect workers, you'd say, well, I can still outsell and outwork and all the rest. But, but is there one aspect of the law or is it really sort of, you can be a jerk and be uh, politically correct and uh, cancel. That's kind of free speech. Is that is where we are or is there something we could see the leadership do yeah uh, i guess i always have one answer because i've had governors come to me and say hey what can we do to help really support because i've um, led some entrepreneurial groups before right um, i've started a dozen businesses myself i've sold wow. businesses and they say what can what can i do to help and my answer is universally get out of the way um, let entrepreneurs do their thing. Let businesses do their thing. Don't get involved in all the labor law that's out there. Um, I grant you, you do want to protect some rights of 
workers so that businesses don't take advantage of them. But we're in such a tight labor market right now that if a worker is in a bad situation um, and a business is not protecting their rights, you should go just get another job. You're not a slave. You're not trapped there. You should go get another job. And in fact, we came out with an employee bill of rights here within the last month or two um, to give you the tools you need to be able to go and do that. So if you go to redballoon.org slash bill, that's redballoon.org slash bill, you can download this free resource. It's written by Laura, the labor lawyer. She went to Harvard, (laughs) got her law degree there. She spent 20 years as a labor lawyer in the People's Republic of California fighting the good fight. And so she's put together what are your rights as a worker and what are your responsibilities, which I think we need to get back to as well. So I guess if I had a wand, I'd say less government regulation, fewer laws, fewer politicians probably, and employees who know what their rights are and they stand up for them. Yeah, good. That's probably good. That's probably wise. Anytime you think, oh, we'll figure it out and make it better. uh, You're probably messy, you know, probably inviting uh, people that will mess it up. And then the other thing is if you if if you fix it for a short time and you put in place the ability to fix it, someday there'll be a leftist in charge that'll make it. That's right. So, you know, you don't want to create level levers of power. Okay, Andrew Krapieschetz, as always, thank you for uh, redballoon.work and for your perspective and also just uh, a perspective as a a business uh, entrepreneur who who can kind of see what's happening. We appreciate it very much. Thanks for having me, Ed. Have a great day. You too. All right. And I'll put up on social media some links to uh, Andrew's website that uh, mentioned that Bill of Rights and also previous interviews with him. We have had a couple of great interviews. Uh, very, very informative, really helpful. So we'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. For ordinary mortals, a raid conducted by the Department of Justice against your home would be career-ending. But President Trump again exceeds expectations by fighting back against the tactics of the deep state. The deep state is hopping mad, and they're joined by their allies in the liberal media. A chorus of unjustified criticism has reverberated from never-Trumpers across the land, including former Attorney General Bill Barr. The unprecedented FBI raid on Donald Trump's home this past summer is one of the several ways that the deep state is trying to destroy Trump's reputation. Another way is its relentless harassment of Trump's supporters. Stephen Miller, one of Trump's finest advisors who was with him all four years of his presidency, has reportedly been hit with a subpoena to appear before a grand jury. Other top Trump aides have also been required to testify before a grand jury apparently convened to try to indict Trump. Even Trump's attorneys have been targeted for retaliation by the deep state. The sick joke today is that MAGA means make attorneys get attorneys, which is what many of Trump's attorneys have had to do as they get harassed by the deep state. Even a federal judge who ruled for Trump has received death threats from someone who apparently hates Donald Trump. Although concealed by the liberal media, a woman who left three voicemails threatening the judge was arrested in Houston. My mentor, Phyllis Schlafly, wisely counseled me that it's a mistake to go after people personally rather than pointing out the problems with their policies. Unfortunately, few politicos today share Phyllis's grace and class. Politics has become personal, and the left is all too willing to destroy the lives of anyone who stands in the way of their absolute control. However, true courage is to acknowledge the personal cost and to charge ahead anyway. Conservatives must continue to speak truth in spite of the threats and the attacks. This is the only way to make a lasting difference. 
They come after us not because we're weak, but because we're strong. Grassroots patriotic action is a threat to the power of the deep state, which is all the more reason to press forward. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. What's the best way to rekindle the spirit of Phyllis Schlafly and the grassroots movement she energized? In this digital age, patriots and pro-family Americans can find insight and inspiration on our website, phyllisschlafly.com. Then, share your own heart and mind on social media. So join us at phyllisschlafly.com and every weekday for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, let's wrap things up here on Election Day uh, with my, my call, my return, my repeated call for Speaker Donald Trump, Speaker Donald Trump. And I point you to an article. I know people say, well, wait a second, the Speaker of the House, it has to be a congressman. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It has, it has, there's a, there has been a tradition of talking about it. And re- the reason it came up most graphically was uh, when John Boehner resigned, the question was, who becomes the Speaker next? And there were people saying maybe Colin Powell or Newt Gingrich could step in. Neither one who was at the time an elected official. Colin Powell never was. Uh, of course, Newt had been elected. And the point is that the uh, Constitution uh, does allow um, the uh, the Constitution does allow it, it is silent on the requirement uh, that the um, that the speaker be a member uh, of the body. And so it's um, the the people that are experts on this. They say it says, oh, here it is. It says the House of Representatives shall choose their speaker and other officers. And so the clerk of the House and the House historian and other lawyers have always said it, it's always been a House member, but it's not required to be so. So my point is, let's let Donald Trump do it. Donald Trump could be a great speaker of the House. He could go toe to toe with all the international leaders. He could kind of be a prime minister um, and he could do what Pelosi was doing. Pelosi was traveling all over the world. She went to Taiwan. She went other places and he could push back uh, against Biden and he could invigorate dramatically the power of the Congress. Congress is supposed to be more powerful. It's not supposed to be so passive. It's not supposed to be a doormat. It's supposed to be a a leader in our system. In fact, the one that should be the weakest is the judiciary. It seems like it's almost the strongest right now. So I believe it would be great. I'll put this up on social media. It would be great for Donald Trump to step in as speaker right away by January. He could be riveting the world. He could get peace in the world. He could get drilling going in the world uh, better. I mean, he could get drilling in America and better uh, relationships with the uh, leaders in other parts of the world, especially the ones that have oil producing nations. It's an absolutely perfect, perfect thing. And I hope that people will consider it. I hope that now that the House is in Republican hands, it's time to consider that. And Kevin McCarthy can still be the most powerful majority leader ever because Trump's not going to want to do the basic day to day stuff. He's just going to want to be the, the figurehead leader. But we need that. We need some counterweight to what's happening. And it's going to get worse. Biden without the legislature, he's just going to be the executive branch run wild. So there you have it. Speaker Donald Trump. All right. Thank you, as always, to Noah Dingley, uh, Joanna Spilger, uh, producing Ryan Height for helping with these great uh, productions, too, on my team. And we will be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you then. America Report.
on The Answer San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.